Welcome back to The Takeaway. It's Todd Zwillick with you. And all this week, we're looking at the future of the Republican Party and its many factions from the Never Trumpers to the Chamber of Commerce establishment types, hi, Paul Ryan, to the anti-establishment populist wing of the party, making America great again. Today, we continue with a former leader of the GOP, Michael Steele, former chairman of the Republican National Committee from 2009 until 2011. Michael Steele, welcome to The Takeaway. Hey, Todd. It's good to be with you, man. It's good to have you, too. Um, Michael Steele, what does the Republican Party look like to you now as you survey it? (laughs) It's a hot mess. It's (laughs) what it is right now, to be honest. Um, There's, uh, you you know, aptly described the various factions that have emerged or reemerged within the party. And this goes back a number of years now. There's been an underlying tension that has not been dealt with um, for quite a while, I would say probably since Reagan left, um, where the brand of conservatism uh, that Reagan established began to slip, slide, morph, change um, as the party really was looking for the next wave of leaders and leadership uh, that would uh, continue uh, what Reagan had begun. And I think you've seen um, some of that boil up, certainly in the 16 election, the president. Uh, as a candidate, took advantage of that, had his finger on the pulse, and was able to best uh, 15 of the, quote, establishment players, from governors to U.S. senators to businessmen and women, um, uh, in a way that really pointed out just how factionalized the party is at its core. So so if that fight was smoldering all the way back to Reagan uh, in your party, as you say, uh, the election of Barack Obama really threw gasoline on it, Michael Steele. Yes. There's no question about it. Now, you ran the RNC during the rise of the Tea Party. Uh, what yep. was your role, do you think, uh, through embracing the Tea Party and co-opting it into the GOP base in helping giving it helped giving, you know, rise to Trumpist uh, populism today? Well, that that, you know, I didn't even well, in one sense, didn't see it becoming Trumpism because there was no expectation of a Trump like. Um, person. But speaking directly to the Tea Party, the the key thing to recognize with Tea Party um, in its early uh, formation was it's it's the energy behind it. What was animating these individuals to go out to town hall meetings, to begin to, you know, raise their voice and take action against incumbent Republicans and against the party and the system as a whole— And it had to do with broken promises, lies, expectations, uh, a a number of things that the establishment leadership had over uh, a generation uh, since Reagan uh, made promises from on health care to abortion to family values, all these issues that had been used to whipsaw this base mm-hmm. back and forth. And, and Michael Steele and Michael Steele, during this time, you know, you were also one of the people shouting for the GOP to widen its appeal, find yes. policies and messages that would appeal to more than just suburban and rural whites. The party has gone in exactly the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. It's embraced various shades of white ethno-nationalism. Where is all this headed? Well, it's headed to a, a not a very good place because I think what you're going to see with the elevation of Roy Moore, which I suspect likely will happen next Tuesday in Alabama, uh, the 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 flip by the National Party and, and backing and supporting him, and certainly the president himself endorsing him, 
um, is it, it's going to be the ultimate turnoff for a very core constituency, one that is outcome determinative when it comes to voting across the country, and that's the female vote. Um, I think there's a misunderstanding of what white women, particularly educated white women, did in 2016 in, in backing Donald Trump. It was less about Donald Trump and more about how they viewed Hillary Clinton. Um, and I think a misinterpretation of that seems to lead people to believe that they can pretty much say and do anything and these women will be there for them. I think this is now a very bright line for them. And it's going to be a real challenge for the party to make the case to women uh, that we have their back when we've uh, promoted an alleged pedophile uh, to the United States Senate. Uh, Lindsey Graham likes to say that they can't make angry white guys fast enough for the GOP to survive uh, on just angry white guys. He's right. it, it's, I know it's, it's a cute remark, but there's something really serious at the bottom of that. Yeah. Do you believe that that's what the Republican party is in danger of becoming? Uh, yeah, in, in many respects. And it's one of the eff- efforts I undertook was I called it turning the elephant. The idea was to have the party appreciate and understand where it has been, its history. And it's more importantly, its relationship with a lot of constituencies that they've forgotten about our history, in the black community, our history uh, around women's suffrage, uh, a number of things um, that we once stood for, we jettisoned for a strategy, you know, arguably put in place by Richard Nixon in 68, that sort of Southern strategy that focused on the white male um, is played out. I, I, in fact, as national chairman declared the Southern strategy was over because we wanted to move in a different direction. Um, but this, this retreat uh, to this space for the sake of elections, and, and that's what I think you're seeing play out with uh, uh, Moore in Alabama, is an unfortunate retreat. And uh, I think the party is going to pay dearly down the road. A, a retreat in the election of Roy Moore. And look, Michael Steele, you ran the Republican National Committee. You've sat in that office. You know what it means to fund certain campaigns and not other campaigns. Yep. Your RNC just poured $170,000 into Alabama to yep. help Roy Moore get elected. Uh, what did you think? How do you feel about that? How do you well, feel? You know, I think that's, that's a good question. And I think it's important to understand the difference between my chairmanship and and, and the current chairman. Yeah, but it's your institution and you ran it. And I yeah. know that, you know, how do but you feel no, about no, that? No, no, but, but it's not a question of how I feel. It, 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 it's not a feeling thing. It's a process thing. Uh, it's a difference between having a president sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, who's the titular head of the party and who runs the RNC because that's his political arm, and not having one. I didn't have one. So I had, I had the freedom to make those types of choices. Mm-hmm. I had candidates like Christine O'Donnell, who had to declare I'm not a witch, uh, and, and other exciting utterances uh, in, in during my cycle. But this is different. The president dictates and directs. He's, he's directed the RNC to support his choice, uh, and that's what they're going to do. She doesn't have a choice here. She, now, she can resign if she personally is offended by um, uh, the action, but she's probably not going to do that, obviously. Uh, and so, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, the, the, the RNC is in a, in a, between a rock and a hard place here because the, the chairwoman can't make an independent choice and tell mm-hmm. the president of the United States, no, we're not funding Roy Moore. Still, Michael Steele says that that funding of Roy Moore, regardless it's of whose decision it is, uh, is not going to a good place. Michael Steele, former chairman of the RNC. Thanks a lot. You got it. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. 
of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.